Bit by bit, we've been working to solve Security Breach before its launch, and so far, I feel pretty darn good about what we've concluded. The reappearance of Glitch Trap and the dual nature of Vanny seem all but confirmed. The repurposing of the toy animatronics still feels very much possible. Even some of my bigger swings have wound up being home runs. Well, that's explicit. Real quick, Music Man FNAF. There's a couple like evidence pieces or like loose threads that I keep in the back of my head and hold it until a point where it becomes useful. Music Man is one of those. So to suddenly see a character with six legs and clown gloves, this is the closest thing that connects. I would assume because anything that usually has a lot of legs like this is able to climb walls and climb ceilings. I wouldn't be surprised to see this be attacking you from the ceiling or a wall. Three weeks later. Oh! Oh! I called it! Let's go! Music Man! So, we've talked about the villains, we've talked about the animatronics, we've talked about the plot. Today, it's time to talk about how this whole thing is gonna end. Welcome to Game Theory, the show that critics describe as Vanny-tastic. Since September, Steel Wool Studio has been hyping up the upcoming release of FNAF Security Breach by releasing short clips of an old Freddy Fazbear cartoon called Freddy and Friends on Tour. These four uploads, styled like an old Hanna-Barbera cartoon like 1969 Scooby-Doo or 1958's Yogi Bear, have been a huge source of information about this upcoming game, with each one hiding a frame or two screenshot of an existing animatronic in the middle of the episode, as well as the more focused reveal of a new animatronic towards the end. So, hidden in the middle of episodes, you see glitches showcasing Chica, Roxy Wolf, Monty Gator, our security guard from the game's first teaser, but now with yellow eyes, and these creepy bots, which we later learn in the game's trailer, appear to be the service bots that are wandering around the security breach's mall complex. Meanwhile, at the end of each video, you had the reveal of the sun and moon guy, evil Vanny, and of course, Music Man! There's even the reintroduction of Glitch Trap, who, in the final video can be found by piecing together the upload's 20 purple and yellow glitches kind of like a puzzle. Probably one of the coolest ideas for a teaser reveal that I've ever seen, and honestly, just a really smart callback because, based on the YouTube description for these videos, these things are coming from the Fazbear Entertainment Archive. And what are we doing with these old tapes? We're assembling them. Just like we saw with FNAF VR, we're assembling the tapes. Also, assembled Glitch Trap. So, yet again, we assemble a series of tapes, the glitches get stronger upload after upload, and boom! Gold Bunny make people go bye-bye. I don't know if they meant this intentionally or not, but still, cool detail. And then, just a couple weeks ago, the actual trailer came out and confirmed a lot of what we were seeing. There's all the animatronics, there's the creepy service bots, there's Music Man! We know basically everything that's in this game because we've seen basically everything that's been teased. Well, except for one thing. Through all the reveals and teasers and trailers, one thing remains a mystery. There is still one teased item that hasn't been revealed. And that is a tentacle monster. You heard that right. At the end of Fazbear and Friends Episode 1, we get this. A sliding tentacle slithering across the screen. And you know it's a big deal because it's simultaneously the first thing they tease, but also the last thing that they're keeping secret. In fact, based on details from the trailer, as well as new clues that have come to light in other parts of the FNAF universe, I not only think I know what that is, but also the whole ending sequence of this game. This one is a biggie and feels like 
once again, I am swinging for the fences. But if it proves to be true, well, let me tell you, I'll be even more excited than this. Music man! Across the series, there's only ever been one character associated with long, slimy black tentacles, and that is Nightmareon, the Nightmare Puppet, who came out as part of the Halloween update for FNAF 4 way back when I still had hopes that this series would end with four games. <laughs> oh, what a fool I was. And who we more recently saw in FNAF VR's Night Terrors minigame. This thing is like a tentacle that is just waiting to happen. Probably a tentacle that's already happened, to be honest, but I dare not look in that direction. So, when you see a tentacle sliding across a staticky screen, immediately your mind is gonna jump to this character. And from a story standpoint, this would also make some level of sense. I mean, William Afton is back in the form of Glitch Trap, so presumably the puppet, this protector of lost souls that stands opposed to him, would try its best to come along for the ride too in an effort to thwart him once more. One problem with all this though, Nightmareon isn't canon. I mean, it is, but it isn't. It's complicated. Go figure, it's FNAF. Big surprise there. You see, Nightmareon's original appearance in FNAF 4 Halloween update is not canon. Something confirmed by Scott a long time ago before that DLC launched. Its appearance in FNAF VR, on the other hand, is canon, but not in the way you think. This is because FNAF VR is itself a video game produced by Fazbear Entertainment. So Nightmareon in the world of FNAF is no better than Mario or Master Chief or a Slender Man. It's a video game character, and as far as we know, that's it. It's not an actual active part of the real world lore in that universe. And you see, it's the lore that provides us another problem here. Canonically, the puppet is burned away. Its spirit is released in the fire that happens at the end of Pizzeria Simulator. And unlike Afton, who created a digitized version of himself hidden in a video game, something tells me that the puppet wasn't coding C++ in between giving gifts, giving life. As the last nail in the coffin here, the tentacle that we see at the end of Freddy and Friends is missing its signature white stripes. Are there ways to bring the puppet back? Sure. Puppet mask didn't fully burn away and was found in the wreckage of the FNAF 6 Pizzeria, so it's still infused with the agony of Charlie in order to fight against Afton one final time. Whatever, whatever, whatever. But honestly, I think there's evidence to suggest a better candidate for that tentacle, Baby. So, the final Fazbear Frights book just came out, number 11, Prankster. And with it came the chance to look back across the whole collection and analyze what Easter eggs were there to help solve the game lore. One big takeaway from the series, we now absolutely know what was inside the FNAF 4 box. It was a person. Don't at me about this one. This is undeniable at this point, and nothing you say is gonna change my mind about it. Here's why. In Prankster, we get this line during the finale, quote, Jake had found the real homeless girl that Eleanor replaced. As a quick aside here and reminder, Eleanor is this book's stand-in for baby. The real girl had been locked in a trunk in the abandoned building where Jake had originally found Eleanor. Now, this one instance alone wouldn't be enough to make me 100% sure about this, but they repeat it twice. Earlier in the same stretch of like 20 or so pages, the exact same thing happens again, only this time it's Eleanor that's locked in the box waiting to pop out. And if those two times weren't enough for you, in the final FNAF novel The Fourth Closet, Baby hides a person inside of a large chest and then goes to steal their identity. Quote from this book, John moved to a large green chest, the paint almost entirely worn off. There was no lock. John knelt beside it, found the handle, and heaved it open, then shuddered, falling back and pushing himself away. Jessica, he gasped, moving back to the chest and leaning over it. Jessica, what, John? I'm trying to listen. It's, it's Charlie, he said hoarsely, in the chest. So three times in the various books of this franchise have we opened up a chest to find some person resting inside. That alone would be enough to be a trend, but the similarities in these situations continue. Not only does this very odd and very specific thing happen in both Fazbear Frights and the Silver Eyes novel,
samples, but both times the person inside the box is Charlie the puppet, or whatever her equivalent is in that universe. In the fourth closet, it's Charlotte, daughter of the genius animatronic inventor Henry, who tragically loses his young girl and then tries to rebuild her using robots. And over in Fazbear Frights, the homeless girl in the box is named Ranelle. Stop me if this starts to sound familiar, but she's the daughter of genius inventor Dr. Talbert, who tragically loses his young girl and then tries to keep her alive by inventing Remnant. I'm just saying, whether you like it or not, it just seems like the books are trying real hard to tell us the solution to this one. And that's not a theory. That is me just literally calling attention to a repeated pattern in the books. Anyway, with the final Fazbear Fright comes the ending to the Stitch Wraith story that I've been yammering on about for the better part of two years. And for good reason, this one story, told in short chunks at the end of each novel, has contained some of the biggest lore reveals of any piece of media this franchise has ever produced. It was this story that really strengthened my belief in Golden Freddy having two souls inside of him. It's also the one that gives us that scene that we just talked about with the box. It even has a lore dump in the final pages where they just outright define what Remnant is. So that's why it really caught my attention when Baby started to do something that was completely out of character. Shooting long black tentacles out of her body. Quote from the book, her eyes bulged. Black tentacles shot from her mouth, from her fingers, from her toes. The slimy black vines climbed up the walls. It slithered over the floor. Tentacles flew from her and wrapped around his face. Yeah, that, uh, that's new. So we have ourselves Baby, an animatronic that can transform into a believable copy of any person, now also able to erupt into blood tentacles. Yeah, the, uh, the tentacles are made from black blood. Sorry if I didn't mention that before, but, uh, yep. But there's another reason I think Baby's our tentacle monster. It's because I think she's actually our big bad of the game. The one who is really pulling the strings here. You see, back in April, I did three short mini-theories on Security Breach, with one focused on exactly this topic, the return of Elizabeth Afton. At the time, it was a mini-theory for a reason. It was just a hunch with a teeny bit of evidence. But now, that evidence is starting to pile up faster than dead bodies in a pizzeria. And to understand why, we have to make one more trip to the books. At the midway point of our Stitch Wraith story, we have our Golden Freddy spirit stand-ins having to equip themselves with the puppet mask in order to fight against a giant 15-foot trash rabbit called the Afton Amalgamation. You're not stroking out, friends. That is the unironic words printed onto real paper and produced en masse for readers to consume. You hear that? Shakespeare is rolling in his grave as we speak. Basically, Afton's spirit had possessed a lot of different objects, and those all fused together with trash in order to form a giant garbage Godzilla. Back when I wrote that theory, I had this to say. I am not gonna sit here and say that we will at some point in the series be forced to fight a giant trash bunny possessed by a serial killer. But now, seven months later, things have changed, and uh, yeah, I am gonna sit here and say that we will at some point in the series be forced to fight a giant trash bunny possessed by a serial killer. Yep, the series about pizzeria-themed murders has decided that giant garbage rabbit kaiju is the next logical step in the story that they feel it wants to tell. I am so tired. Now, if this was a normal FNAF game, then no. Of course, there's no giant trash monster. But this is anything but a normal FNAF game. First, we know that Security Breach will have boss battles. This is confirmed on the PlayStation blog article covering the game. And if these moments of Monty Gator from the trailer don't look like a boss battle intro sequence, then I don't know what does. Reminds me of the American Gladiators game Assault. We also know that the game's primary mechanic is climbing into Freddy's oversized birthday cake hatch to pilot him around like a mech suit. You don't just include a mecha suit like that in your game if all you're doing with it is stealthing around a mall. You insert that sort of stuff in order to punch serial killers in the face. But you know what seals the deal for me is the trailer. Throughout the Freddy and Friends teaser images, we've seen pictures of the animatronics all cracked and broken. 
Aiken. Are they corrupted by Afton? Maybe we destroy them over the course of the night? It's, it's a weird little detail. But then the trailer goes and shows us a bit more. We see this scene of a broken Chica that's attacking us in a tunnel made from garbage. Now that is a bizarre setting for a game that's set in a mall and, according to the PlayStation Store, the sewers underneath the mall. Trash is just everywhere. So, is this the game that's finally given us what we've all been demanding? Hashtag justice for trash in the gang? Or is it something more? Remember what I said about the broken version of the animatronics that we keep seeing in the trailers? Well, one of the main components of Trash Afton are the pieces and parts of other ruined animatronics. I wouldn't be surprised if the final boss battle of the game is against a giant amalgamation of all the other animatronics combined, which in turn strengthens the baby theory. You see, in the books, yet again, Trash Afton is described as weak. In fact, it's so important that they decide to say it twice, first in book 6 and then again in book 11. In reality, it's actually Eleanor that's powering the whole thing. So if we do in fact descend down into a landfill to fight a giant trash rabbit kaiju, the one really pulling the strings will be the black blood tentacles of the shape-shifting baby. But there's one last thing worth mentioning, and that's this game's return to the first ever pizzeria, Fred Bear's Family Diner. Docco recently did a live stream to benefit our St. Jude campaign. Docco, you're an amazing and wonderful person. Thank you, thank you for your support. But whenever there's a Docco charity stream, you know that close behind is gonna be some FNAF teasers. And Steel Wool did not disappoint. They sent him a series of posters, including these three from Fred Bear's Family Diner. The original pizzeria mentioned way back in FNAF 2. I'm gonna try to contact the original restaurant owner. I think the name of the place was Fred Bear's Family Diner or something like that. Now, the existence of these posters alone is pretty sus, considering game developers don't have the bandwidth to spend a lot of time on artwork that isn't getting used in your actual game. What's even weirder, though, is that the new Freddy and Friends teasers also revisit what appears to be the first pizzeria in Episode 2, based on the building's small size, red and white striped awnings, and wooden interior. But all of that, coupled with the descent into a landfill-looking area, leads me to believe that the mall is built on top of the original Fred Bear's Family Diner location. We've actually seen a lot of this before throughout the series. In both Sister Location and the Twisted Ones, we have large underground warehouses constructed under existing buildings and businesses. And again, in the Silver Eyes, we see Charlie and the gang breaking into a giant mall, read also Pizzaplex, built around one of the earliest pizzeria locations. Even FNAF VR ended with the scene of Glitch Trap beckoning us to the back room where we then went out the side door towards Security Breach's mall in the middle of being constructed. Long story short, there is a constant running theme of old places being connected to and buried under new flashier establishments. So, us going down a trash tunnel in the trailer, passing old wrecked versions of the animatronics? We have to be headed somewhere. Why not the first ever location, where Glitchtrap would be at his strongest, would be able to be resurrected into the nightmare hand that we saw at the end of the first teaser, notice those fingers, and eventually form into the trash monster that we fight. So that, my friends, is the wild prediction I have for the final act of this game. You descend into the sewers and eventually wind up in tunnels of trash under the building, which eventually leads to the site of the first ever diner, Fred Bear's family. Here, where his powers are strongest, Glitchtrap leaves Vanny's body and regains his own. We hop into our Mecha Freddy for a boss battle to knock him around a bit, and desperate, he absorbs all the ruined animatronics and trash around him. We destroy him yet again, only to reveal the black tentacles. It was baby all along. Cue the next game and subsequent 20 installments.
installment book series. But hey, that's just a theory. A game theory. Thanks for watching.